Hey, welcome back to the Jesus Magnet Podcast. I'm your host, Joel, and I hope you've enjoyed the show so far. Um, over the last couple of episodes, we've been in Wellington, had some incredible testimonies. Today, we are joined with Vince. How are you doing, Vince? Good morning, guys. Um, thanks for joining us on the show and, you know, being obedient and sharing your testimony. You know, you're, you're, you're somebody that we've come across Quite a few times since we've been in Wellington because we've been going to the C3 church once or twice. And um, we had uh, Rochelle at C3 um, Mm. on the podcast and she's got an incredible story. So very, very cool to have somebody else from C3 Wellington. It's the new campus, what's it called? Uh, The city one? Oh, it's the Wellington City Campus, yeah. I think they're calling it, yeah. So it's it's like a church plant out of the uh, church in Auckland. Yeah, yeah. And Vince, you're a bit... Kind of like me, a man after my own heart in a way, being a fellow drummer, which is very cool. Absolutely, Yeah, so, um, you know, totally sold out to play in the worship team, which is really neat to hear. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of drums and worship. I can <laughs> just spend hours and hours playing the drums, worshiping God. It's my happy place. It's probably one of the biggest things that I miss, Um not being in Queenstown in the worship team, uh-huh. but um, yeah, very very cool. Uh, it's definitely my special place. Do you, do you find that with drumming as well? Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I, I find I, I actually worship so much closer a lot of the time when I'm actually drumming. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, I guess playing on and off in worship teams and things from youth groups and for about thirty years or so. So. Um, so yeah, the opportunity to play is always um always always good fun and um yeah, just uh, being able to worship and help other people worship is great. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um you've got a, an awesome English accent. So you're obviously not Kiwi. Is that <laughs> right? <laughs> no. no, it's a long story that one, but I'm uh five been five years in New Zealand, so we moved here in 2017. Oh, yeah. And uh before that I lived for 21 years in England. Wow. Uh, in different parts of England. And before that, I lived for 21 years South in South Africa. Africa. Yeah, because so, it's a bit of a mix. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Although I'm, I'm not from the Afrikaans uh, part of South Africa. I'm from the English part. I'm from Durban. So um, we tended to be more English anyway. Ah, true, true. Okay, so, yeah, Vince, have you always been a follower of Christ? Um, did you grow up in a, in a church family sort of thing? Or how did you come across the gospel? Yeah, a little bit. So um, a lot of my mum's family is sort of, I guess, more religious. Um, so I, I grew up uh, kind of going along to Catholic church and going along to mass. A lot of the my mum's family is French Mauritian. So that um, that history of um, uh, being Catholics, being faithful Catholics, uh, this is always a, something. And then one or two of the um, sort of... Uh, Auntie, sort of matriarchs of the family, um, came across the sort of more free church around in the eighties when there was those revivals sort mm. of happening and things. And uh, yeah, we I guess around about that sort of time we stopped uh, going to sort of Catholic churches and, and, and became more um, the sort of charismatic. Okay, charismaniac. So you guys know. switched over to that Pentecostal style, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, what was the change there? Was that something that your parents? Felt to do, or that was something that my mum felt to do. Um, she sort of went along with uh, what the matriarchs told her, kind of, you know. Um, um, but yeah, when, once we got involved, um, uh, I remember quite distinctly uh, 
uh, feeling the Holy Spirit and recognizing at a young age. Oh, cool! And um, knowing that something was different. Yeah. Um, but not knowing what. It's so, amazing, isn't it? Yeah. We've heard that so many times. People, you know, they they grow up. I mean, even my wonderful wife, Laura, um, went to a um, what is it? A Catholic service, you know, with the pews and all of that, and just. When, when she started coming to our church, when she moved to Queenstown, she said there was a almost like a heartbeat, like a life mm. that was not really there at her home her home church. And um, but one thing that the Catholics do do really really well is like their a lot of their theology, um, like getting really into the Word. Mm. Um, but yeah, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit sometimes is can be a little bit lost, but. I tell you, there are definitely some revivals in different Catholic churches every now and again. So I, I still take my hat off to the Catholics, and they're really good at um, sharing their uh, like repenting to each other. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's one thing that we don't do very well. So yeah, that's that's cool to cool to hear that you've sort of experienced a little bit of both. Um, I've, I've sort of noticed. Um yeah, there was there was definitely some tension on the different the two different sides of the family with with that uh, as things develop. But oh, you got the Catholic side and, and the, the Pentecostal yeah. side. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I suppose I used to sort of just sort of with my nature, I wanted to know what the rules were so I could just crack on, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I've realised as I've grown up a bit that yeah, you're right. There's some, some very very devout in our family, very devout Catholic people who. Absolutely love God. Absolutely listen to the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, um, yeah. They, um, you know, they've got a whole bunch of stuff that we don't have. They've got the soup kitchens. They've got the the heart to go and uh, be um, hospital chaplains, and my, my uncle does that in Auckland. Um, so, yeah, there's a. There's a, a, a I think you know, uh, our definition of God's church needs to be quite wide uh, because God isn't as constrained as we are. Yeah, yeah, don't put them in a box, eh? Um, there's loads and loads of different uh, parts of the church. Mm. You know, we sometimes think that the body of Christ is just our style of church in the different areas around the world. But I really do think that he, the body of Christ is in the different denominations. I don't think anybody's got their theology 100%, um, but that's what the body of Christ is, is knowing that we're all still serving that one God. He still speaks. That's one thing that we've noticed in uh, traveling New Zealand is going to the different churches. It's the most freaky part of it all is going to the different churches and seeing seeing somebody talking about the pastor saying, I feel that the Holy Spirit's been leading us to talk about testimonies. And we're like, oh, that's interesting. And then we go 300 k's away to a different church the next week and the same thing, the guy's saying, I feel the Holy Spirit's been sharing to share in testimonies. And the pastors are not discussing this with each other, and they're all on the same page. And it's like, man, they really are hearing the same voice. And it's really cool for us to see from a zoomed-out perspective that everybody is hearing this one divine voice guiding everybody, and they're all on the same page. It's quite freaky. It gave us a, kind of the, the goosebumps a little mm. bit, um, noticing that, So, which is really, really cool. But all different denominations, you know. That's, yeah. I think it can, it can from the outside, it can look quite chaotic and quite political and quite um, divisive in a lot of ways. But um, yep. actually, 
uh, when God speaks, he uh, upsets a lot of things. So he's yeah. he's not he's not really uh, yeah bound by our boundaries. Mm. So that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's bring it back to you, yeah, Vince. Um, so you uh, probably did you do your teen years sort of thing in England? Then you moved from South Africa to England. No, no. no you said twenty years you were in South Africa. Yeah. So. Um, I only moved uh, at 21 uh, to England to go and uh, help a friend start a church. So he was my youth leader. Oh, wow. Um, and I just moved out to England with him to help. And, I mean, at the time, when I, what I to qualify, what I mean help is… Yeah, which capacity um, were you helping huh, in? Huh. I could play drums and I could uh, carry chairs. <laughs> um, so uh, that was my uh, aspect of um, I'm going to go there for a couple of years. Um, I by this time I'd already done uh, a Bible college. Um, I had decided solidly about God and about Jesus, and that I wanted to follow Him. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to explore that further. So this was my uh, opportunity where I had to kind of make a choice at about twenty-one, where I had I could have stayed at the work I was doing. I could have uh, developed and changed into a, a new career path, which I had an opportunity to do, um, or I could go on this uh, church plant. Uh, and I can honestly say I just prayed about it. Uh, it felt right to go on the church plant, so I did that. So when you when you prayed about it and you made that decision, did you hear any voice or did you hear any um, – how did you know that it was God? You said that you felt it. Mm-hmm. Is it a feeling that comes? And does God speak to you in the same way always? So I suppose I've discovered that it's it's always multi-layered with God. Uh uh, I suppose, uh, being a little bit on the sort of ASD sort of spectrum or whatever, um, processing and uh, thinking about things, uh, overthinking is a, a, a blessing and a curse sometimes. But um, uh, so I would think about uh, overthinking everything, uh, uh, but that can also be really good as well because it means I can really quickly process a lot of things. So there's some things that I'm lightning fast at, at processing, but. Um, the other thing I've learned was to be led by prophetic uh, words and things like that. So in small groups when we were praying for each other or in church uh, where we would have times together where we'd be praying, um, without really saying too much to people, I would sit and listen to what was coming. Um, and then I'd also seek um, leaders' advice as well, uh, you know, uh, pastors and things like that that were in my life mm. at the time and talk to them about those options and just seek them as... Um, as you would with a parent, I suppose, and just get that sort of uh, uh, guidance in that way, I guess. And if, as long as it was able to be filtered through all of all of those things, you know, um, then uh, then I kind of felt like that would be the right decision to make. And that's kind of how I tried to be in in every situation. I've tried to be the same. That's good. That's good. It's obviously served you well. Um, figuring that out is that something you you moved to England with a youth pastor to church plant? Was that something that he taught you, um, or somebody in in your church in South? No, Africa? that would have been the lead pastor at the time. So um, yeah, at the time the youth pastor was he was the youth pastor and the worship leader. So we obviously knew each other from playing together, um, and uh, he kind of invited me, and he was all enthusiastic and all A type and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, um, and I thought, well, it sounds Sounds like a credible idea, but um, you know I'm going to think about it. Uh, then I'm going to pray about it. Is he? Is he analyzing? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, 
there's 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 not a thing really that that I decide on that hasn't been analysed and and <laughs> uh, uh, worked through. And uh, to be honest, in those in those early times, in those early years, were, so I got baptised when I was eleven. Yep. Um, and there was a lot of, uh, I suppose, especially in South Africa, a lot of uh, very direct, kind of outspoken people that were uh, questioning whether this eleven-year-old uh, knew what he was doing. Mm. Um, and uh, they understand. I understand. They want to. Uh, so we baptised. Sure this- was that the Catholic Church? No. Nope. Or you had gone to the other church? No, we'd gone to the other church when I was about yep. six, and then, oh, yeah. and then uh, I'd I'd been at the other church from about six years old until eleven, and then they were doing baptisms, and I asked if I could go and be baptised as well. Cool. Um, and uh, even as an eleven-year-old, um, I knew what it meant. And uh, so you must have had a moment in church where something something changed, where you're like, this this is the real deal, or where you just always believed. Um, like that childlike faith that the Bible talks about. Um, I think from the time from the time we were, I was about six, and we had started going along to the Pentecostal sort of uh, church, and um, I had uh, sorted through and started to understand what this um, feeling was, what this Holy Spirit was, and worked out. Um, uh, then in my mind, okay, this is what I am now. Yeah. Uh, and this is what I believe, and and then um, yeah, the opportunity at eleven was, are we going to going to baptize some people? And I sort of asked, could I uh, could I join in? Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, the pastor was really keen, and uh, uh, yeah, actually had prophetic words over me when he when he, when I came up out the water and all that kind of thing as well. So it's so cool, pretty cool. Um, but um, yeah, I, I sort of knew. Uh, Did you feel a, an immediate change in yourself, or was it more of a ritual, the baptism? I, I guess I was just doing it out of obedience. Yeah. Um, uh, did I feel a change? No, not really. Yeah. Um, because the change had already happened. I already, I already had a, an understanding. Um, uh, so with me, with how I process things, my. Um, yeah, and uh, once I've decided, you won't get me to change my mind, and uh, you won't get me to decide quickly ever. Uh, so yeah, I can sort of tell, uh, knowing you for this short time, what that you're definitely one of those kind of people that very, very carefully thinks about everything, and um, when you know what you're doing, your mind is is quite direct. This, this is the way that I'm going, but it's from a lot of thought going into it. So that says a lot when you've gone into Christianity and you've gone, this is the way to go, then no, no, nobody's really going to be talking you out of it mm-hmm. and you'll be constantly yeah. thinking, yep, this is the reason why. So you, you obviously have a reason for the hope that you have. Yeah. You know that God's real. You know that you serve a living creator and that's a, that's a good mind to have. You know, It's one of those ones that... Is uh, actually has a lot of backing to the reason that you have this faith. Mm. Um, so your whole family, you've got siblings, do you? And they sort of all grew up in that similar um, setting. Yeah, I've got two younger sisters. Um, one of them is uh, follows Jesus and close and and uh, uh, loves him. Um, she lives in Melbourne um, and. Uh, uh, yep, she's you know hundred percent committed. Um, my other sister, the youngest, is is less so. I think she's uh, she's still not sure about all of this. She's a lot more like me in the 
processing department. She just wants yep. to think about it all a lot. Um, so, yeah, she hasn't quite come to those sorts of decisions. She lives in England uh, yep. still. So It's a good I, – I do think it's a good thing to question, though. Um, as we – you, you got to know why you know, you know, because a lot. I mean, we get that question a lot. Um, how do you know that God's real? How do you, and, and all that sort of thing. And I love. Are you a fan of C.S. Lewis? I think. Uh, well, yes, yeah, yeah. I think most Christians are. Mm. He's he's written some incredible um, writings, and um, he he says, you know, um, he only came to faith from essentially loads and loads of thought there was no massive event in his life it wasn't that he saw somebody get raised from the dead or cancer disappear or there there was no god didn't just hit him and emotionally he uh, felt all of his sin disappear he came to christ by sheer thought of logic thinking over and over again how uh, what the meaning of life is and things like that and constantly searching in that mm. area so you and and your younger sister and who's in england you know i believe that there's real power in having that sort of process of thinking because man what c.s lewis ended up coming up with after he became a christian is monumental i think one of my favorite quotes from him is i believe in christianity in the same sense that the sun has risen not because by the sun rising, I see it, but by it rising, I see everything else. Oh, that's awesome. I probably butchered it. It's not exactly no, no, how no, he no, says it, good. but it's something like that. And um, I think there's there's a lot of power in that. Like yeah. he sees how life is by through the lens of the Bible, and it makes sense. Um, but man, he, he, he's got an amazing mind. Um, so, yeah, you obviously went to England and followed this call from God to serve and do this church plant, what happened from there? Because you've got a wife and a couple of kids. Is yeah. that, is that where you Okay, so I'll, I'll come to that, but you you raised a really good point there about just the purpose behind being, the purpose behind life, really, and uh, part of my thinking was uh, it, it seemed to be the only thing that had a conclusion and there was not... Um, that sense of frustration at the end of that uh, process for me, or, or um, at at the end of that process, there was purpose beyond um, uh, serving myself or mm. doing some sort of career or some sort of politics or some sort of uh, sport or whatever. That there's a lot of good things that um, you could do and pursue, but none of them really had uh, any eternal value. None of them really had a universal application, and none of them really fitted everyone. Um, yeah, you, know, you know, everyone could have their own take on it, kind of thing. But uh, I don't know. It 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 was just um, a very very uh, deep thing to me. And then also to see all of these people that I was worshiping with and learning and sitting and, and uh, uh, learning from um, some very 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 smart people who were also sitting in this place, also learning. And so this uh, this uh, reality became a lot more uh, set in place for me where I was, well, there are some principles, there's some universal principles here that um, uh, exist uh, even beyond the, this world. Mm. Uh, so that really was quite a big a big deal for me where it just so solidified was, my faith, yeah. That was like being discipled in 
with this new congregation in England. Is that right? Not not in England, really. No, this oh, was, that was this in South was, Africa. This was in uh, in uh, South Africa. This was just me coming to faith. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. The the actual decision then to move on. So, the group of um, churches that I was with were into um, uh, uh, church planting and wanting to spread the word, and also wanted to get people out of their comfy place and into an uncomfortable place where you were. Um, you almost voluntarily put yourself in harm's way, or not harm's way, but uh, you voluntarily put yourself um, out there mm. for God to either do something or not do something. Mm. Uh, so, but that was a matter of fact. That wasn't a matter of faith for me. That was just a matter of well, this is what we do. So I'll um, I'll jump in and do that. And I thought to myself, well, I can play drums and I can carry chairs. Um, and um, I, I can kind of cheer, cheerlead from the side, and hopefully I'll learn a thing or two. Um, and that's exactly kind of what happened in England mm. as we started going, and it really cleared the way for me in terms of my faith because um, I then had to decide what were things that I just relied on, having lived at home and having uh, followed my nose with a lot of uh, cultural norms and things like that where I'd remove myself, put myself into a new culture, mm. uh, to remove myself and put myself into a place where, um, yeah, things weren't as easy. It uh, certainly was not as easy to be a Christian in England as it was to be in South Africa because oh, really? it was kind of a, I suppose where I'd grown up was a bit of a, um, uh, Christianity was kind of more in fashion, I guess, or more, more um, people were more open to uh, believing in God, whereas all of the uh, the people that I arrived to find in England a lot of the time, uh, it was a closed a closed situation. Wow, well, that's quite interesting. Um, so, was it, was there quite a bit of a culture shock going from South Africa to England? You said like massive culturally, yeah. it's quite different. Yeah, what's some of the differences in South Africa that I mean? I suppose having grown up in a, a, a kind of um, where where um, a lot of people are, are sort of warm and friendly and open and um, happy to be accepting and, and all that kind of thing to uh, very uh, kind of more impersonal culture. Um, uh, yeah, hard to hard to describe. I mean, the thing is, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash um, England. England was oh. was great. It, I, I learned Love a English lot. English people. Yeah, yeah the the. The British culture uh, taught me a lot. It taught me how to. Uh, I learned a lot. I learned to see a lot of different things, and it, or learned to see things in a different way uh, to how I'd grown up. Especially with my sort of mindset of the type of person I am, I had to understand a, a whole lot of this stuff before I would allow it to change me. Mm. Um, but um, having did that, I ended up, as I say, living there for twenty year, twenty one years, and um, uh, being involved in. Uh, probably two fresh church plants, uh, and I guess uh, uh, one replant. Yep. And several like small groups and things through my house and whatever, all well, uh, yeah, drumming and whatever else that I was involved with with churches. So, mm. so yeah, it was it was um, good times. So, what's um, your like most valued thing that you would want to pass on to somebody who's been a Christian? For a little while, but they need to get to that next level that you've learnt from going from South Africa to England, from England to New Zealand. Um, that's been consistent in your life that you've managed to grasp. Uh, there's probably a few of those. Um, 
uh, you're kind of catching me off guard a little bit because <laughs> I haven't had time to think about it. But we can, I would we can say, circle back to it if you want. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's okay. I think I'll I'll, I'll come up with a couple. So um, the the first thing, and I think the most important thing for me, especially as somebody with my kind of mindset, is um, I, I'm not really that important. Mm. Uh, uh, I shouldn't say that. Mm, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> so, you're important, but I, I hear yeah, what you're saying so, in that light. So uh, God, God loves me, and I'm the apple of His eye, and and all of those, and now all of that stuff's uh, scripturally true. But what I'm saying is, um, when I say I'm not that important, I mean uh, I tend to take myself uh, incredibly seriously, and um, uh, yeah, things need to line up a lot for me to agree and 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 sort of engage with people and things like that, and. Um, so I used to take my stance and used to have uh, put way too much expectation on other people around me, um, and I've learned that I can't have those kind of expectations of everybody because everybody hasn't had the experience or or, or the um, the time served or, or whatever else that I have had. So um, uh, I've, I've learned I've learned to have to sort of live a little more open handed rather than in a sort of controlled uh, way. Where I'm just um, where I've got things uh, in the loop, and um, uh, and so that's the first thing I guess is I'm, I'm is not to take myself too seriously. That's probably a better way of uh, saying articulating that feeling. The second thing is I think with a lot of especially a lot of modern charismatic churches, um, there's a sort of idea of oh, there's a rotor or something that needs to happen. I don't know, tea or welcoming or something. Um, you know, you don't uh, you don't really have to pray about that to know whether you should be involved in that or not. You know, um, I think um, it's kind of redefined what that reasonable service means, and in, in, in the Bible talks about what our reasonable service is. Um, and I think um, serving in general is a really good thing, and properly serving. You know, not just lifting a finger uh, occasionally on a on a day to day. And I think that's part of your your basic training is to. Um, by all means, help out with church programs and church things and and whatever else. But if you're not, if that doesn't change who you are on the street and in work and uh, with your neighbours and all of that, then it's not really having the desired effect, you mm. know. Because that that you're not limited to just what you do, sort of inside or for the church or for God, uh, because your life is for God. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just I suppose those two things. It's redefined. Uh, how I think about myself, and it's redefined how I, uh, how I see myself, and how I see servanthood. Mm. I really like that. The Bible says, um, you know, when the um, Pharisees are asking Jesus, uh, what what are the two most important uh, commands? And he goes, you know, to love God and to love people. Mm. And um, I, I love that because when you love God. Like both of those two things are do not focus on yourself. <laughs> yeah. Focus on God. And if you're not focusing on God, focus on others. So the whole um, putting ourselves in the spotlight has, has nothing to do with, like if you can essentially never do that, which is a tricky thing to do, you know, like you've got to constantly push into God, you know, to, to take that focus off yourself. Um, then then that, that helps. And then how to practically do that as well. Like, yeah, you can focus on God in your mind and in your heart, but how to practically walk out focusing on God is also to serve others. Mm. So that's the easiest way to to act out self selfless, selfless, selflessness. 
uh-huh. as a tongue twister. Um, I was going to say selfishness. <laughs> um, and I, I love that. You know, you, you're just saying uh, the most important thing is to learn to serve mm. and to serve others. And um, that's I, I would have to agree with that, you know. Um, whatever you do, the Bible talks about let your good deeds be known to others. So essentially constantly look out for others and where you can serve them. And um, those good deeds are never to be rewarded, like focused on the reward for yourself. A good friend of mine, uh, Corey Watson, he said a, a, a great story once. He uh, was uh, doing his dishes and he doesn't really do the dishes very often. And his wife was watching him do the dishes and he sort of walks up to her really proud after doing the dishes and goes, hey, I just did the dishes expecting a, a thanks and um, mm-hmm. and, and a pat on the back. And she goes, I'm not going to thank you for that. That is your responsibility. That's your duty. Mm. What do you think? You want a pat on the back for doing what you're supposed to do as a husband? And he was like, whoa. And he's thinking, hang on, man, we've got the same sort of attitude with Christianity sometimes. Sometimes we do good things to get a thanks or praise from God or from others, yet it's actually, as a Christian, our responsibility is to serve others, that we shouldn't be doing it for the thanks. Not that thanks doesn't come sometimes, but Mm. not doing it for the thanks, because that's an exchange, like a business exchange. You're doing it for a reward in some sense. But you should be doing things, if you're doing things selflessly, then you do it without expecting anything. And... um. Pretty much what you were just saying before, you know, learn to serve. That's that that's the heart of it. And when you when you're not focusing on yourself, then every I feel like the world gets bigger when you're not just looking at yourself. You're looking at everything else. Yeah. Um. And yeah, that's just so cool that you've learned that. Um. And such a good bit of wisdom to pass on to anybody listening. Um. So. Let's go back to England. You're in England. Have you met your wonderful wife yet? Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, she was uh, – Linda had already been a part of the um, uh, church network that I was a part of as well, um, and uh, she just happened to be living in England and living in this town that we planted a church into. Um, so I hadn't quite joined them yet, but she joined them sort of early days, and um, she recognized and thought, oh, that's great. I'll just support the – the plant and blah 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 um and then i sort of turned up a few months later um and uh uh got got going um got involved um so yeah we kind of met on the church plant i guess um there and we just became friends at first um she's a little older than me so um we were friends she was running at like an 18 to 30s sort of group thing and i joined in with that and yeah we sort of became friends but um that was kind of it because we both thought, well, the age gap was too different. So, um, yeah, we, we... How big's the age gap between you two? Uh, Linda is seven and a half years older than me. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Might seem bigger when you're younger, eh? But well, yeah, at that time bigger. I was like 21, right? So True. Yeah, so that, <laughs> so that was a big deal. And uh, um, I actually got married when I was 22, so um, I was just a month away from being 23. Okay. Um uh, and, you know, again, I had the same sort of th- thing that I had when I was 11 when I was ready to get baptised and uh, we got to 22 or whatever and I sort of said, oh, you know, I want to get married and, and, and uh, there, there was some definite pushback from uh, friends, family, even a, even a certain leader 
um, uh, you know, um, and uh, no, I was quite clear in my head. I had thought it through and I had sought uh, 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 wisdom and, and uh, it it, uh, it felt like the right thing to do and yep. um, just celebrated our 24th anniversary. So wow. I, think, I think we're okay. That's very cool. <laughs> That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, my godfather's, I think, 15 years um, older than, than his wife. Uh-huh. Um, so and, and it hasn't seemed like it's doesn't doesn't matter at all. Um, I think the most important thing is that you sought the Holy Spirit and had prayed about it and yeah. hadn't just you weren't just following feelings, but you were following the Holy Spirit in that mm-hmm. decision. If you're doing that, it doesn't really matter how crazy it sounds. God's saying to walk through an ocean; He'll split the sea for you. You mm-hmm. know. Um, that's really cool. I won't say it was without its stresses. I mean, I certainly had um, some some sort of anxiety and sort of panic about it and things like that because even though I had thought it through and even though I didn't know uh, to still be questioned about it afterwards, really was really quite unsettling and I didn't have a lot of close family and stuff near me and all that sort of stuff. So so it was it was um, uh, yeah difficult, but um, I kind of it's one of those ones where just like I knew it was the right move to moved to England at that stage I knew that it was right to get married um, and uh, it's kind of hearing that, that, that voice and knowing what he had said and then deciding and then going with it you know yeah. um, Awesome um, So you and Linda is it? Mm-hmm. You and Linda have been married for 20 odd years now and um, still going 24. strong 24 yep. years yep. still going strong for the Lord What um what happened next in, in England? Um, well, I suppose the first seven years we were part of a, a, a church plant and, um, you know, got married and uh, started. Uh, so work was a thing because you had to earn money and things. So I wanted to um, just do something that I could stay local. So I just started uh, in sales and, um, uh, uh, yeah, kind of worked doing that sort of thing. And then we actually started ending up having a a family sort of quite early as well. So my daughter's 22. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, life just kind of went on and we kind of just carried on doing what we were doing and became involved in, I suppose, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, deacons or you know, leading small groups and things in our house. Um, and then um, they announced that they were going to plant a church down the road um, this is after about seven years. Uh, so, uh, again, I had that feeling like this was the right move. And so we we both knew it and we just sort of jumped on it and said, yep, we'll, mm. we'll volunteer for that one. And so we ended up moving. And that at the time, uh, my son, who's 18 now, was um, just sort of born. Um, and we uh, went down uh, down the road and helped start this new church, sort of moved house, you know, new work, new everything. Um, and helped start this new church, and then uh, also again started leading small groups and having uh, uh, yeah, still drumming and carrying chairs and whatever else, but also um, uh, yeah, leading leading small groups and sort of setting up small groups and then establishing that group and then moving on to the next one and establishing another one. And, uh, so, as you you and Linda been doing small groups, did did you go, were you guys always on the same page with hearing God's voice in that sense, or was it more one of you guys going, 
I think we should be doing small groups and the other person catching up. That sometimes happens with Laura and myself. Is Sometimes God tells one of us first and then the other one's a little bit slow to figure it out. It's normally me a little bit slow to figure it out, but yeah. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, we're very different characters. So Linda's, in terms of uh, her, her life experience and how she's done things, sort of more traditional, kind of uh, gone the uni route and... Um, uh, 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 Done psychology and and she has a much wider understanding. She has a depth that I I don't think I have uh, sometimes. But then I tend to be more uh, Holy Spirit led and hear things from Him. Um, so there'll be a chance where we both hear the Holy Spirit in different ways, and we've worked that out. And then um, we both know our areas of what we can do. So I tend to be very practical uh, where the rubber rubber meets the road. I take kind of what I feel God's saying, and then I try and work out how to apply it. If it if it if I can't really apply it, it doesn't I, it doesn't really feature too much. Whereas Linda's much better than me at doing the um, how this fits into world events, how this fits in with politics, how this fits in with um, Israel and the things that are going on in the world. And she's oh, wow. far more engaged uh, with all that kind of thing than me. Um, um, whereas to me, if I can't apply it, um, I kind of just dismiss it, you know. Mm. Um, so yeah, we do have our our bouts where it'll be, uh, you know, she says I'm, I've got my head in the sand, uh, and then I'll go, well, you know, you're not listening to what can be pra- what can be actioned here. Mm. Um, so yeah, we've 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 had to learn to, uh, I suppose, blow wind in each other's sails and rather than uh, battle things out, you know. Mm. That's good. That's good. Constantly <laughs> equipping each other and um, listening to each other. How God, because God does speak to each person a bit differently. Mm. Um, I, I I feel like we all have selective hearing and, in some sense, to recognize God's voice slightly differently. And um, one that one way that we've always said is uh, when we communicate with each other, we have. Um, when when you speak, the audible part is only maybe like ten percent of what you're saying. The rest mm. is uh, your body language and tone of voice and this and that. So if you're just if maybe one person's just listening for the uh, audible part, they're missing the ninety percent of the other communication that the Lord's saying. You know, um, and I, I mean, I, I always felt felt that with hearing God's voice, I wasn't able to hear it very clearly in my early days. And I realized, man, I am just trying to focus on the small part of what God's saying to me. Mm. He could be, you know, if somebody says hello, the first thing that they do is they wave. They're not saying anything. They just wave at you. And it's like, oh, well, if I'm just deciding to ignore that, then it looks like that person's incredibly rude. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, got to focus on looking at the big picture of how God's speaking to us and it's, Many different ways, shapes, and forms, and sometimes as a that's the great thing about being a married couple. A eh, is one of us might be watching out for the wave, and the other person's listening carefully for the voice. But yeah. both together, yeah, one like you got to work together to be able to recognize where God's coming from or uh, seeing Him properly. So, what ended up happening with you guys coming to New Zealand? Yeah, 
obviously oh, made the int- big move from yeah. England. Um, and and all my when you when you analyze it, it actually. Um, so this is a thing. I was I was um, eighteen. I was in the worship team and, uh, and part of the youth group and whatever else. And I, I clearly felt on while I was on the drums while we were worshiping that God said to me He would wanted me to go and be a witness in New Zealand uh, at eighteen years old. Hundred um, percent. I stood up and told the congregation and. Um, um, uh, yeah, the pastor came and said, "Well, if you know, if this young man's got the faith to say this, and he believes it, then I support him." And that was it. So, to me, in my little head, that's it. I'm off to New Zealand, you know. Um, but I knew nothing about the whole um, England and uh, all of those years of of training. Um, and in fact, I spent probably too much time just focused on, well, I'm not going to do this because I'm going to New Zealand. Yeah, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to New Zealand, and um, that wasn't that was me just uh, drawing a straight line uh, <laughs> rather than rather than list submitting. So I had to hand that off and eventually sort of um, put that down and embrace where God had put me, which was where at the time He had put me in England, and and I had to um, yeah live my life and uh, submit to Him and just do what I needed to do there um, and. It never kind of left my mind, but I kind of pushed it to the back and thought, oh, well, if it happens, it happens. It probably won't, but whatever. Like It's sort of down the line. And then, um, uh, yeah, what happened? So oh, I was working for a, a, a small company, um, doing really well. Could have been a job for life. And then um, I had this opportunity uh, where uh, people had um, – Sort of co- approached me for a multinational company, uh, Mitsubishi Electric, a uh, big company, yep. um, big corporate. And um, uh, I try to, in my reasoning head, try to quickly work out why God would uh, put this here because I felt like it, God had said to me, You need to go for this. Uh, and and there's a, a number of things again that I'd used, applied my filter. Huh. Uh, and uh, felt, Yep, this is the, this is the right move. And there was a little fleeting thought in my head. I thought, well, multinational company, you know, maybe this is the New Zealand thing again. But I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that to anybody. Um, that's just going to – that can just be in my mind, you know. Mm. Um, long story short, um, became really good at what we were doing uh, in the UK, um, uh, doing really well. And, um, uh, yeah, we, we kind of got to a stage in our lives. This was a – this Christmas time 2016 we were having a chat uh, Linda and I and uh, we said oh we've kind of felt like the time to move is here and we weren't quite sure um, what we were doing and we've, I was sort of already looking at houses being the practical one you know trying to work out where we should go to or look in different towns and stuff and none of that really felt right um, so Linda in her infinite wisdom she just said um, are we thinking big enough and um uh, this is like literally just sitting in bed on a Sunday night, and uh, so I, I just went, "Oh well, um, let me look on New Zealand, uh, the Mitsubishi Electric New Zealand website," and I looked on the website, and there was um, this job doing exactly what I was doing, but um, basically launching the product in New Zealand, um, uh, and um, they'd advertised it for a little while. Um, so I showed Linda, I said, "Oh, this is this is." Uh, here's my job, you know, and she said, oh, you're joking, you know, and uh, I said, well, it's been advertised for a while, let's not jump the gun, but um, I'll just send them an email and see what happens, you know. Um, And uh, so that was December 2016. By uh, July 2017, we were here 
um, house sold, um, lock, stock and barrel, everything was done, you know, yeah. we were here. Um, so that was all made based on that feeling and that the Lord sending you to New Zealand when you're 18, you had sort of gone back to that in your heart on he wants me here, so that's why this opportunities come up. Yeah, that had never really left. Um, that was always that had always been in, uh, uh, in in imprinted on me. I think uh, from that from that feeling from that prophetic feeling that I had, um, and um, uh, yeah. So so it wasn't it was um, it was exciting and it was um, amazing, but uh, it wasn't that much of a surprise really too much to either of us. You know, at at the time uh, when I was still um, I hadn't really laid it down, and we were in England, and I'd met Linda. Um, and uh, we were just getting to know each other before we got married, um, before we got together even, um, and I'd thought, no, I really like this girl, I want to uh, I want to hang out with her more kind of thing. Um, I took her aside in the pub in England, and I, we sat down, and I said, look, I'll, I like you, but I'm moving to New Zealand. And she said, okay. <laughs> um, and that was when I was 22, or t- yeah, 22. So um, she said, okay, um, and um, that was it. We kind of started wow. dating, seeing each other, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was um, <laughs> yeah, exciting, exciting and, um, and strange, I guess, in some ways. But Yeah. Wow. So she had no doubt. She was just like, all right, did, did she pray about that as well, I suppose, or just more follow you? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was the fact that I had I long, hair, long hair and I'm a drummer, <laughs> um, and she just fancied. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I wish. I hope that was the case. I, I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know what her thought process was. But yeah, and so you you were 22 years old at that point, and she, that you got married just before you turned 23. Yeah. Um, how long until you actually jumped the gun and went from England to New Zealand? Uh, so we moved here in 2017. Okay. Um, so that was a uh, after being 21 years in England, uh, and then and so now we've been here five years. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. How you were almost prophetically saying, "This is where I'm going." You didn't know when. Mm. You didn't know how, but you knew that the Lord had said, "I'm you're, I'm sending you to New Zealand," and um, you almost just patiently waited, but didn't. Uh, didn't keep it to yourself. You you let the congregation know at your church. You ne- you let your you know future wife know, yep. and then you didn't see anything for years later. <laughs> yeah, um, which is one of those ones where you'd go along and you work, uh, you go as a as a believer, uh, and uh, I guess it was just one of those ones where you just had to wait, wait and trust. You know, um, yeah. I won't I won't pretend that because because of my mind as well. I would. If somebody says they're going to do something, or if I, you know, I'm, 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 my expectation is then that it, then it's going to happen. It's not an if maybe kind of. Mm. So um, I won't say it was without its stresses or frustrations, but um, I also realised too that there was a lot of things that I had to learn over those years and, and yeah. grow into. And um, if I wanted to um, be able to articulate my feelings or be able to speak uh, in public or any of those kinds of things that uh, there was a bunch of stuff I had to learn that um, I just wouldn't have learned um, any other way without my wife being gracious and, and helping yeah. me and push me through and um, yeah, people that I've walked with and things like that. So, yeah, the experiences, um, I wouldn't trade for the world, but um, I also um, 
there's a lot of things I wouldn't recommend to people to do unless God's told you. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's go to the the New Zealand part of your life then. What's what's God been doing since you've been in New Zealand? You made the move over. Have you seen immediately why God brought you here um, and gave you that, you know, direction so early on? Um, have you seen uh, the obvious, oh, that's why I'm here? Uh, to be honest, that's that is, as as uh, lost and open as it felt to be knowing that I needed to move to New Zealand but be in England doing other things uh, and, and being in that sort of lost state um, I'm similarly in that lost state in New Zealand. Um, uh, you know, work is fine; works in its corner. I think. Um, I, 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 my mindset is very much a tent making kind of scenario. So yeah, I can do it. Yeah, it earns me money, but it's not it doesn't define. Yeah, who I am or anything like that. Um, so I'm able to hold hold that light. The even the good progress I've made uh, has been has been cool. Mm. Uh, and there's a lot of things I enjoy about it, but it's it's not something that I wouldn't let go tomorrow if I needed to, kind of thing. I think, um, like watching your life since we've been here, um, seen you a couple of times at this new uh, planted, recently planted church. I mean, the church was planted in the middle of COVID, you know, and it takes a certain kind of people group to initially start a church, you know, to be the the core first people there because they've got to stick it in. And and be okay with there not being that many people showing up on a Sunday and still worshiping God with all their heart and still focusing on small groups and still serving with everything that you have, even if there's only five people that have shown up mm. or whether it turns into five thousand people eventually. It, the, the serving is the same right from the start. From watching you, God's made you almost like a church planter, but. Not necessarily the pastor, but the one that backs the pastor, the one that backs those first people that go in, and and because those pastors need people like you, you know, it's not all to do with the pastor. It's that God almost sends a whole group of people and says, "I want you here," and you might be the drummer of that mm-hmm. first church, or you might be the pastor, or you might be the person who's stacking the chairs, whatever it is. You might be all of those things at the same time. Um, and watching, like, just listening to your life, you know, you've God sent you to England, and that's pretty much what you did. Planted that church. Is it still up and running? That church? Uh, yeah, uh, two out of the three are, yeah. Great. Mm. And then he sent you to New Zealand, and we're in C3 Wellington, um, and this church, I mean, I heard that it's uh, a couple of times it's attempted to be planted in Wellington. Mm. Um, and. God's sent you here and you know it's it's like one of those things that I see you as one of those guys that almost has has the back of the church you know I've got I've got the church's back and yeah. um you're strong and solid and your faith you know you you know how to hear the Lord's voice you also know how to run small groups God's taught you that skill how to do that and um yeah, well, I mean, seeing you in, in New Zealand now, hearing your story, there's a theme in that. Mm. And and those churches might not have happened without you. You know what I mean? Like, that, not to the same effect. Um, 
not not giving you all the credit, of course, because there's <laughs> lots of moving parts. I'm not that important, remember? <laughs> yeah, but you just don't know. I mean, yeah, there's so many pastors that uh, they get burnt out quick because they feel like nobody's got their back, um, and that's that's where they crumble. Mm. But being that person that's consistently there on a Sunday, no matter how small or early the church is does that and and that's really cool to see it's quite inspiring you know anybody that's listening and they're part of a church plant which there's heaps that have happened over COVID um, which is great it's almost like an early expansion of the church again um, to to know that God sends you there for a reason mm. and that small growth those small beginnings are important and I mean your story is definitely part of that I yeah think. I suppose um, uh, thank you. That's really encouraging. But um, something in that, if you if you're talking to people that are uh, involved in church planting or involved in uh, establishing churches, uh, or ho- however you do it, as as a terms of um, looking out, making a difference in your community, wanting to love is is learning about how God does things. And um, these are, I suppose, a, a, a very hard one truth for me, and something that has been very uh, uh, something that I've really had to learn and ponder over and be very um, sober over is um, how to do it and uh, how not to do it. How it's really important. There's a lot of things that you you don't do. So um, if I can just say, uh, just as somebody who's had this experience, um, when you when you're involved in church planting, or even if you're just involved in a local church and you're coming up in, in uh, leadership and you, maybe you're taking on some role of responsibility or something like that, um, the the tendency that I had was to go into more of a function mode. All right, so the end result is X, I want to do A, B, C, and D to get there. Um, so I would do that as a very practical, um, ground feet on the ground kind of person. And what I've learned over years and years and years, uh, and it's it's not easy, is um, what you do has to come out of love, firstly. And uh, secondly, God um, puts the lonely people that you gather into families. Um, so it is uh, about family, and it is about uh, loving people, and it's about um, uh, serving, and it's about uh, growing uh, and the, the the mission side is the exciting kind of glamorized uh, instagrammable uh, side I guess um, but the uh, the truth in becoming a, a disciple and somebody that makes a difference uh, I believe is uh, just that willingness to serve and that willingness to um, yeah look look into uh, yourself and see uh, what God is actually saying to you and and making sure that what you do, comes out of love. It doesn't come out of uh, function. It doesn't come out of uh, some other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, as somebody who's done it uh, uh, wrong many times, many, many times, um, uh, I've learned that if it doesn't come from love, uh, it is sin. That's actually what the Bible says. So, so yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's good. I was going to ask, you know, what's some advice on, on church planting, really? <laughs> um but um, before I get there, I mean, you've you've just gone over that. Is there any any other part of your story that you would like to share or um, 
yeah, sort of expand on um, before we wrap up? Well, not really. Um, I feel like I've said I've said uh, kind, of, kind of everything I need to. Um, uh, I'm, I'm still in this uh, watch this space kind of area for what God uh, wants me here for. Um, I've got some ideas, um, but I'm also trying not to be too um, prescriptive or thought through in my approach to God. I, mm. I want to be uh, open, open-handed, and um, willing to let Him shape me uh, and uh, use me as He wants. So, that's awesome. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you, Vince, for joining us on the Jesus Magnet podcast. I think we'll leave it there. So, you know, I hope that's encouraging for anybody who's uh, planting a church or part of a church plant. You know, I think Vince's whole testimony is is really you. You actually wouldn't know how many seeds you've planted and that have grown to full harvests. You know, you might even not see that for lifetimes. Um, but that's that's what you've done. You've essentially planted seeds, England, New Zealand. You know, mm. you've got, you've covered covered the the two parts of the world and <laughs> then everything in between, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Yeah. So um, yeah, thank you for listening to the Jesus Magnet podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Jesus Magnet podcast. If you enjoyed this, make sure that you connect with us. Find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and if you want to support us. Be a member of our coffee club, Jesus Magnet Coffee Club. See you next time on the Jesus Magnet.